It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. And welcome in to the AAA Insurance postgame show. The Golden Knights defeat the San Jose Sharks 4 to nothing sweep this series. Golden Knights three wins against San Jose so far this season. All three in San Jose. Let's bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, to break this one down. Now, Dan, very different games last night and tonight. You just got the sense that once the Golden Knights kind of took control of that second period, they were not going to let San Jose back into this game. It's interesting how the game unfolded because in a certain way, Ryan, it unfolded a bit slower than yesterday. And by that, I mean, like the Knights had two goals in the first seven minutes of the game yesterday. And from there, you know, the Sharks still had energy. They, you know, the, all the, the histrionics and Bob Bugner talking about wanting a reaction because they didn't react when Marcia so hit Shimmick, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And all that. So there was time for the Sharks to still have some energy and try to get back in it. And the Knights made it 3-0 early in the second period. Goalie change. And the, to me, the turning point that allowed the Sharks to stay in that game was Dubnik's save on Max Pacioretty, which would have made it 4 nothing early in the second period. That's not what happened. It stayed 3 nothing. There was a power play, and Brent Burns scored. And from there, there was the mojo enough for San Jose to make a game out of it. Obviously, they later tied it. Vegas won in overtime. But today, you know, it didn't unfold quite as quickly. Vegas got one goal in the first instead of two. They didn't get their third goal until the last four minutes of the second period, right? They didn't get their, uh, in other words, they didn't have a four-goal lead at any point last night, and obviously Smith getting that fourth goal in the third period today. So there just wasn't much of anything that the Sharks could cling to in order to get some momentum. Uh, Even the Zambonis are not (laughs) loud enough there in San Jose to get them fired up. So, uh Listen, this was Marc-Andre Fleury once again at his best when there were a couple of good chances for the Sharks in the first period. Fleury was great. I mean, they had really three high-danger chances in the first, and had they scored on just one of those three, it could have been a different game. Maybe there's more flow to it. There are only two penalties today uh, until the final couple of minutes, and that didn't really matter against White Cloud. But, you know, there were nine power plays in the game last night. Very, very different in that regard today. But the Knights did what they had to do. They scored the first period. They built upon their lead, and they had great goaltending and didn't let the Sharks really uh, back into it. That was the only flaw last night. You know, Dan, uh, there's a lot of storylines right now in terms of the Golden Knights. You've got Alex Tuck, eight goals in his last seven games. You've got Chandler Stevenson continuing to to really just be that top-line center that the Golden Knights needed this season that allowed them to move on from Paul Stastny in the offseason, allowed this organization to go out and get Alex Petrangelo. And then you've got Marc-Andre Fleury, who's playing, in my opinion, the the best hockey that I've seen him play. Another shutout for Marc-Andre. It just seems like at the top of the lineup right now for the Golden Knights, everything is going well. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, you talk about Stevenson and the way he's played and You know, the Knights aren't missing Paul Stastny in the way that they might have if Stevenson couldn't play this way. Um, You know, it also meant that Cody Glass could have a stranglehold on the third-line center. And if 
like last year at times, if Stastny were still here, if there were a more veteran guy, you might not get as many games for someone like Cody Glasser. You might have to play a different position. The Knights are riding along with Cody Glasser, their third-line center, and there's no obvious need to change that. It's not like Cody Glass is playing the best hockey we've ever seen. He's playing fine, you know, yeah. he, he, and, and he can sort things out. He's been very good on the power play. There's more he can do at five-on-five, five. and it's just interesting because here's Alex Tuck, who's playing and scoring as much as anybody in hockey right now, but that success is not necessarily correlated to success for his line mates, Glass and Watt in this case. You know, both of Tuck's goals today were unassisted. Yeah. And that's just sort of a strange thing you would expect. For example, on the top line with Stone, Stevenson, and Pacioretty, they're sharing the wealth, right? Each guy has been putting up points. And we talked about it earlier in the broadcast. Over the last little run here of five games, Stevenson has five points, Pacioretty has eight, and Stone has ten. That's 23 points among them. But if you were to make a similar breakdown of late, with Tuck, Glass, and Wah, it would be squarely Tuck's production and not the other guys. So that's, you know, I, it's interesting, of course. Is it concerning? I'm not sure it's concerning because, you know, they keep on winning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess I, the, the bigger question for me is, is when it comes to Alex Tuck, what's clicking? And, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll say that by, by kind of setting it up. I think he is moving his feet just as hard defensively, just as much defensively as he is offensively. And I think there's a lot that can that can grow from that. And you see it in how Mark Stone creates offense from really smart defensive plays. I think that's rubbing off on Alex Tuck. I think that's right. And I think that Alex's energy did not take a hit when he had to start double shifting. Yeah. And... You know, as a third-line guy, he's not playing as often as are the top liners. Uh, Tuck's average minutes this year, he started the day at 16 minutes. That's his average for the season. As compared to Mark Stone, who's at 18 and a half. You know, if you're Tuck and you get to play a little bit more here in this game, you know, it's not way off kilter. He's a young player, right? He ought to be able to play a ton. Yeah. Uh, he's 24 years old, turns 25 in May. And uh, I, I think that if you've got someone playing as well as he is, you take advantage of it. Today he played just three seconds under 20 minutes, 1957, the most of any forward. Again, not surprising because he was double shifting after Stone left. So I will also point this out with regard to Tuck. This run of eight goals in seven games, we remember when that started. Lake Tahoe. Yep. And we talked with him that day about as a kid, in upstate New York, dad building a rink every winter and how playing at Lake Tahoe was really something special. And who knows what that outdoor experience meant to Alex and how it has correlated with the confidence that has allowed him to use those skills that you eloquently outlined, Ryan, the, the, the legs, the speed, the authority, the confidence, all of those things coming together. And obviously the finish. It's like... Other guys on the team have impressive speed. Like, look at Will Carrier. He's got speed. He's got yep. strength. He just can't finish. Alex Tuck is doing all that, and he's finishing, right? <laughs> Obviously with the 12 <laughs> goals. So I, I don't know. I, I, maybe we, we never will know for sure, but it, all of this goal production, this streak of eight goals in seven games, started in Lake Tahoe. Dan, last thing for me is, and I'm going to give you a lot of canvas, paint with broad strokes here. What? 
comes next between Vegas and San Jose? What is this rivalry now? I, you know, selfishly, I hope it's not more of tonight because, let me be honest, tonight was kind of boring. Yes. <laughs> it was, yes. This was one of the more uninteresting matchups in Vegas-San Jose history, uh, and partly because the Sharks were just not very good. Devin Dubnik, despite giving up four goals today, had his moments. Dubnik's got one win this year. Martin Jones has been pulled five times this year, including last night. They have the 30th goals against average. Ottawa is the only team worse. And who knows, depending on the standings here, they could drop even below Ottawa, having given up nine goals in two days against Vegas. So, like, they can't stop opponents from scoring. And if they fall behind like this on a regular basis, it, I mean, it's good for the Knights. Yeah. Uh, but they're, like, they're going to win in blowouts. They're the best team in hockey right now by points percentage. Clearly the best team in the West Division by points uh, with several games in hand over the St. Louis Blues. Uh, they're the best team. They're one of the best teams in hockey quite clearly. And the Sharks are trending toward one of the worst, which lines up with some pretty uninteresting hockey. Now the question will be, can the Sharks in an attempt to do something because they are pros, right? And they've got to find something to get themselves up and the Golden Knights might be the only team for which they can get up because of all the histrionics, the extracurriculars. However, the Golden Knights have done a pretty solid job of minimizing that. They don't want to mess around with that stuff because it takes away from them, A, having their best chance of winning, and B, it can lead to injuries. I mean, fortunate for Ryan Reeves that there was not an injury that kept him out of the game today. But Curtis Gabriel's hands were all bloodied after that fight last night. So the Knights want to stay away from that if they can because winning at the end of the day is the important thing and it seems very unlikely that the Knights and Sharks will meet each other in the playoffs. In other words, if this is a couple of years ago and you got two of the best teams in the division, you know, that intensity is real. The, 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 the physicality is consequential. Yeah. Right now it's for San Jose, Ryan, this is just a show. They're just trying to goat the Knights into something that they really don't need to be a part of. No, you're absolutely right, Dan. And it, it's, it's kind of a sad day in, in just in terms of what that rivalry was and kind of where it is right now but you know as these things are everything's cyclical what what yep. was once new is old and then new again so we mm -hmm. await that day where san jose gets back into this by 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 just being a contender by by being where yeah. the golden knights are and i'll tell you just the last thought ryan is that i have been around <laughs> unfortunately some very uh, unsuccessful sports teams both in pro hockey and in other sports at the pro and amateur level and there are certain opponents that you circle on the calendar even if you're having a bad season you know you can have a particular game that is your super bowl and you know, i think of the one in 15 new york jets when i was a little kid you know like the, the, the one game that you know you and i'll tell you i a high school hockey team you know my senior no junior year uh, one of my senior years or junior years of high school the team won one game the whole year, and it was against an arch rival. And earlier in that particular season, the first meeting, the opposing team had won, and in a post-game interview, the guy guaranteed that they were going to beat my high school the next time. <laughs> and so this game was circled, and it was the only game they won all year. And they had been one of the top teams in the state the previous three years. And then they just had this collapse. They won a single game, and it was against 
their biggest rival. That's the nature of sports, no matter the level. So with more games to come, obviously five more after this, you still very well could have an exciting, entertaining Vegas-San Jose matchup. There's nothing in stone that says they're all going to be Vegas blowouts or boring one way or the other. All right, Dan, as always, thanks for joining us here on the AAA Insurance Postgame Show. Great job on the call, and get some rest. <laughs> yes, thank you, Ryan, and maybe some of that Foley wine here tonight, too, with a day off tomorrow. Thanks, Ryan. There you go. That is the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. We've got a lot more to get to here on the AAA Insurance Postgame Show. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network, presented by Dollar Loan Center. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. AAA Insurance postgame show. Golden Knights defeat the San Jose Sharks 4 to nothing. 4 to nothing. Tough, tough game for the San Jose Sharks. And it started relatively early for the Golden Knights. It was, again, Vegas coming through in the first period to get the lead. Stone coming in, two on one, back in front, score! Mark Stone! There is the best Vegas scoring chance, and they convert. Mark Stone posits the first one set up by Stevenson, one nothing Knights. That's Mark Stone from Chandler Stevenson and Max Pacioretty at 15.02 of the first period to make it one to nothing Vegas. And though it was early, Marc-Andre Fleury would be called on to make the AAA insurance save of the game. Fleury watches to his left as his teammates get it towards the line. Eric Carlson kept it in front of shot. Oh, a glove save! Marc-Andre Fleury! Two spectacular saves in less than a minute. AAA is a proud sponsor of the Vegas Golden Knights, helping you outsmart life on the road and at home with 24-7 roadside assistance, car repair, discounts, DMV services, and savings on your home and auto insurance. AAA outsmart life the golden knights would go to the second period up one to nothing because of that save from mark andre Fleury, and it would be alex tuck adding two goals in the second frame forced ahead by tuck it's a two on two tuck shoots off the pipe and in alex tuck scores and the knights lead two nothing flips it into the corner patcheretti near side centered rattles around in front knocked to loose and now tuck scores Backhander from Tuck. Relentless pressure for the Knights around the net. Knights lead 3-0 with just over three minutes to go in the second. That's Alex Tuck first unassisted at 5.01 of the second period, then at 16.38 of the second period to make it 2-3 and three to nothing Vegas. We would head to the third period, and Riley Smith would add another. Left wing shot. That one goes in. Shot from the left side. It's Riley Smith who kind of just flung it toward the cage. And it's into the goal. 4 nothing Knights. That is Riley Smith from Jonathan Marcheseau and Alex Petrangelo at 11.03 of the third period to make it 4 to nothing Vegas. And let's head to Pete DeBoer who addresses the media. Someone said it's kind of faded a little bit. Having been maybe the only person on both sides of it, I'm kind of curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think, I think both teams get emotionally charged up for the game I think I think the 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 characters on both teams uh ramp that up 
um, you know, obviously Kane for them and, uh, you know, for us Reeves and, and our group. So, um, you know, I, I think when you have people like that on each team and, and the history that they have, I, I think regardless of, of where the season standings are, uh, the, the games get emotional at ice level and, and, uh, you know, those, uh, those verbal wars uh, usually drag guys into battles and, and that usually carries into the play. So uh, I, I think it's still there. Next question for Pete tonight comes from Ben Goats, Las Vegas Review Journal. Hey, Ben. Hi, Pete. Straight wins for you guys. Just how happy are you with the overall team play that you're seeing in all three zones right now? I really liked our game tonight. Uh, I thought uh, I thought last game, uh, we obviously took too many penalties. Uh, the special teams really took us out of our flow. I, I think it was a, an emphasis tonight to, to try and play five on five, stay out of the box. And we did that right till the end of the game. And when we can do that, uh, our depth, uh, I think, really shines and, and we can get into a real good rhythm. And I thought we did that five on five tonight. We'll go to David Shane, Las Vegas Review Journal. David. Hi, Coach. I'll just get the... Mark Stone issue out of the way. Do you have an update on him? I don't, uh, but I, I would call it precautionary uh, more than a, an injury. Uh, we, we talked at the end of the second period about him potentially coming back. I think with the the score and with what we've got ahead this week, uh, you know, we made the decision not to push it. Um, so, you know, I, I don't, I don't have a, a concrete answer for you there, but that, that probably gives you an idea of of uh, the level of concern, which uh, you know I, I would call small right now. Time for a couple more here tonight. Next question comes from Brian Blessing, Vegas Hockey Hotline. Hey, Brian. Hello, Pete. If, uh, just to follow up on the injury front real quick, I, the, the Petrangelo looked like you took a shot off the wrist or hand at the end of the game. If you could, if there's anything there of note, and then the other thing would be. You've been with some, you know, a terrific team with the Devils and many good teams with the Sharks. It's early. There's a long way to go. But this team uh, finds different ways to win uh, the consistency nature of it. Can you compare what this group is to some of the really good teams you've had in the past? Uh, Peter Angelo, I don't have an update. He, he did take a shot, so he'll get that looked at. Uh, get fingers crossed that it's nothing serious. Um you know, I think every every team writes its own story, and uh, you know, I think there, there's obviously years that uh, that story has the potential to be great, and and there's other teams you coach that uh, no matter what you do, uh, you know, even if you if you max things out, uh, you know, you're not going to have a chance to to really win it all. So, I, I think we're obviously one of those teams. We we have the talent and the ability to potentially uh, go on a deep run here, but you know, that story's yet to be written. I, I like the, the path we're on. I like the improvements we're making day to day and week to week. And, but we've got a lot of work left to do. Next question comes from Stormy Bonatoni, Vegas School Thanks, Knights. Stormy. Uh, I know I've heard you talk about Riley Smith and just the way he's a guy that does the right things, even when he's not on the score sheet. How nice is it to see a guy like him get rewarded a couple of yeah, days in a row? We, we were, everybody was really happy for him. Uh, he works so hard and he's so honest and uh, he's had so many good chances. And, uh, you know, he was just winning one of those, those slumps where he just couldn't find one, but uh, you know, we just kept talking about sticking with it. He's a veteran guy. He didn't overreact. And, and now, uh, you know, I think, 
he's off to the races now. I'm, I'm sure the floodgates will open. Final question tonight. We'll go to David Shane, Las Vegas Review Journal. Hey, David. Hi, Pete. There were a lot of moments, I guess, in this series where, you know, it was kind of a come together sort of time. Uh, a lot of maybe some chemistry uh, where you guys had to sort of fight for each other. There was a lot of noise after some block shots tonight from the bench, things like that. Was this series just an example of how close this group is and maybe what chemistry can do for a, for a team as well? Yeah. Well, I think I think on this trip we've had some moments. I think when we got kicked out of our hotel, we had a real team bonding moment, getting our stuff packed and and finding a new place to go to. You know, um, I think during the game there's always moments, uh, but th this is a close group. Uh, you know, a lot of these these core guys have been here obviously longer than I have, and uh, you know they've been on some deep runs and they've had some disappointments, and uh, you know I think. Uh, um, you know, th their closeness, I think, uh, you see on the bench during the games, but particularly when you're around them every day, you, you see that they enjoy being around each other. Thanks, Pete. Thanks. That was head coach Pete DeBoer with tonight's postgame interview presented by Nevada Eye Physicians. When we left you, Riley Smith had just made it 4 to nothing Vegas, and quite literally all that was left was the final call. With five seconds to go, the Knights keep it deep in the Sharks zone. The clock runs out, and this one is over. Another shutout for Marc-Andre Fleury. His fourth shutout of the year, and the Knights blank the Sharks 4-0. 4-0, that's the final. The Golden Knights defeat the San Jose Sharks. We're back with more on the AAA Insurance Postgame Show on the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. No other city does sports quite like Las Vegas because only in Vegas is it game time all the time. After the final buzzer sounds, hit the town to explore all the award-winning dining attractions, experiences, and luxury resorts Vegas has to offer. To learn more, go to visitlasvegas.com. The Golden Knights defeat the San Jose Sharks four to nothing. Here we are on the AAA Insurance postgame show. The postgame injury report is brought to you by the Valley Health System, the official health system of the Vegas Golden Knights. As we just heard from head coach Pete DeBoer, uh, with Mark Stone, it's precautionary. He said he'd call it more precautionary than an injury per se. Uh, however, Alex Petrangelo did block a shot late in that third period. Uh, he blocked it with his hand, so hopefully nothing to report there in terms of injuries as the Golden Knights continue to move forward in their six-game road trip. We're back with more on the AAA Insurance postgame show on the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network, presented by Dollar Loan Center. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. AAA Insurance postgame show. The Vegas Golden Knights defeat the San Jose Sharks 4 to nothing. That about sums it up. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Solar 
and windows. The Golden Knights were in control of this game top to bottom. And, and I mean, a lot of that had to do with Marc-Andre Fleury, who was exceptional in the first period. And we talked about it in the pregame show. Like, the mindset for the Sharks going into this game is we did a lot of really good things last night against Vegas. Against a backup goaltender. Against a team that was not playing their best hockey. What would today bring? Well, today would bring the best goalie in the league right now, Marc-Andre Fleury, and a Golden Knights team that shored up a lot of the breakdowns that allowed San Jose to do some good stuff last night. So it was a dominant performance for the Golden Knights. They certainly shored up some of the mistakes that allowed San Jose to get back in the game last night, and it was a convincing win to start this road trip 2-0 for the Golden Knights. Top to bottom, success all the way around. That's going to do it for us here on the AAA Insurance Post Game Show. Extended Post Game Show is next right here on the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network presented by Dollar Loan Center. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, the Golden Knights defeat the San Jose Sharks 4 to nothing. Four to nothing. And, you know, it, it was a just score in this game. Now, San Jose early on in the game had some really good looks. They had some great chances. And Marc-Andre Fleury early on in this game was absolutely fantastic. And we expected Marc-Andre Fleury to be fantastic because Pete DeBoer got him an extra day of rest. And when you get Marc-Andre Fleury rest, good things tend to happen. And it's, it's the argument that I think a lot of us have been making a, for, for a, a long time, throughout the first three seasons for the Golden Knights. Yes, you could play Marc-Andre Fleury a ton in the regular season. Yes, we understand not necessarily playing your backup goaltender a ton in the regular season. But when you want to win in the postseason, you need a rested goaltender. And Marc-Andre Fleury, what he's able to do off of rest is just sensational. And he's been great all year long. 702-876-1340 is the number. If you'd like to join us here on the Extended Post Game Show, 702-876-1340. Most impressive player. What, what do you make of this, quote, rivalry between Vegas and San Jose as we move forward through the remainder of this season? Terry's joining us now. Terry, I bet you're fired up. I'm pretty excited. Oh, what a night. You know, I was in and out of both the Henderson Silver Knights and the Golden Knights games, and every time I catch both of them the same night they win. So they're undefeated there you, when, go. you know, when I catch both of them on the same night, which is pretty cool. But I'm working, so I don't really get to focus on either of the games. Um, but, yeah, speaking about the Knights game, though, uh, coming into the game, I was expecting one of two scenarios. I really thought that maybe it'd be pretty close through two periods, 
but then it kind of fall apart for the Sharks because I just think at this point the Sharks don't have a goaltender that can sustain a high level of play right now through a whole through the whole game. Or the other scenario was kind of like what happened tonight. Basically, the Knights would dominate. I wasn't sure about a shutout, but you know that they would at least dominate. You know, and and I mean that's pretty much what we got as a dominant performance. Um, player of the game. Um, I mean, you would like to say Mark Flurry, obviously, but then I actually like Alex Tuck. You know, he got them goals, and he's been pretty hot lately. I mean, you know, I actually like him tonight. And as far as the rivalry goes, um, you know, I, I honestly thought that from the get-go, from the beginning of this thing, we'd have a natural rivalry with someone like the L.A. Kings or the, or the Ducks. But at that back at that time, the Sharks were a lot better. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, you know... We could have a rivalry with pretty much anybody in the in that you know with the proximity of like the Coyotes. I know they're not really that good usually, but um, you know I think we could have a rivalry with pretty much you know any of the teams that are pretty close. Our division's kind of you know pretty. The teams are pretty close. You know locality. You know for lo- You know I'm trying to say close to each other. Yeah, one hundred percent, Terry. And I mean you know. He- you get rivalries from playoff series, and, and I think the reason why Vegas and San Jose are such bitter rivals, even when the San Jose Sharks are, are trending toward the basement and the Golden Knights are trending toward tops in the division and, and a division title, is simply because these two teams have played in the playoffs before and each team has won a series. Each team has taken away the postseason dreams of the other, and that kind of tends to stick around a little bit. However, it's harder and harder, I think, to kind of manufacture that emotion when you've got two teams at completely different ends of the spectrum here. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I could see, of course, obviously people are going to say, yeah, the Sharks are the big rivalry of the night because, I mean, that controversial series a couple of years ago, who can forget that, you know? And one more thing I want to say before I get off of here is, um, best wishes for both Petrangelo and Stone. Yeah. Hopefully it's just one of those things that maybe it stings or, you know, it's just one of those painful things and goes not, Hopefully, the, you know, everything be negative for them and hopefully they can continue to, oh, those guys are phenomenal. Hopefully they continue to perform at a high level and nothing will happen. So we'll see what happens with that, I guess, when they uh, do MRIs on those guys. But, I mean, that's pretty much all I want to say, but hey, I love the show. I love the night. Yeah, I'm definitely, <laughs> definitely fired up. Go Knights! There it is. Thanks for the call, Terry. Uh, 702-876-1340, bring that energy. Somebody, right now, match Terry's energy. Engineer Jeff out here saying no one's going to match Terry's energy. I, I, think, I think it's possible. 702-876-1340 is the number. Stephanie's going to give it a try. Stephanie, match that energy. Ah, don't put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> I think um, I'm pretty, I don't want to forget to answer your question, but for a player today, um, Flurry, of course, with the shutout, but yep. we come to expect that from Flurry because it's Flurry. Um, Tuck had an amazing night, not only two goals, but then double shifting for how long in place of stone. Yeah. So that was very impressive. He was on fire tonight, and I hope that carries over um, when we play the Wild. Speaking of the Wild and the other teams in our division, though, I think it can't be overlooked that um, all eight teams played back-to-backs today and yesterday, and the Knights are the only ones to come away with four points. 
Yeah, I, that's a that's a great point, Stephanie. I, I mean, the Golden Knights are are doing some fantastic work early on this season. I mean, you look at the record, 16-4-1. That's not an accident. They're winning in different ways. That isn't an accident either. And they've been so good at sweeping series. And it's simply because they can win in different ways. They've been excellent all year long. And this was just one of those exclamation points, exclamation point wins so far this season for me. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's especially, too, beating the Sharks as a fan. I think that the rivalry is still going to be there for a little while, but I really think that the rivalry is going to be stronger for San Jose because they want to beat us and show something that they can beat us, whereas it's kind of become commonplace for us to more recently just be better than them. So I think that we might still kind of face them thinking, well, it's the Knights. We have to, like, we can't just let them run over us because we've had this history and that's, uh, we don't want to be embarrassed. But I think for the Knights, it's just going to be, well, it's another team that's at the bottom of the division right now. We're going to just go through and, and, you know, route them and do it. So I don't know. It, it's, I think it's fun having yeah. the rivalry, but yeah. I don't know that San Jose's holding up their end of the bargain for, for it. Hey, Stephanie, you brought the energy. Hey. Hey, have a great night. Thanks for calling in. Stephanie, one of our longtime listeners and a great contributor to this extended postgame show. Bring the energy. 702-876-1340 is the number. We're back with more on the extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports. Las Vegas 4 to nothing. The final, the Golden Knights defeat the San Jose Sharks 16-4-1. That's pretty good. It's a good record. Not bad for the Golden Knights. 702-876-1340 is the number. We bring in Darren Millard and Darren... Uh, what what'd you think of that game, buddy? Pretty controlled. Yeah. Like, you you look back to last night where there was a, a lot of penalties, a lot of the big fight, uh, distractions, if you want to call it that. And tonight was looked like, to me, the, the first-place team against the seventh-place team. Yeah. And it wasn't even close. Now, that said, Marc-Andre Fleury made some saves. That's the goalie's job. And he made a couple of saves in the first period, and then two at the start of the second, that uh, that made maintained that one goal lead. But other than that, it was a really clean game for the Golden Knights. Let's head back out to the phone line seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty is the number. John, bring the energy. Okay, well, I don't know if I'll bring the energy, but uh, what I will ask, uh, um, do you think the, well, I'm not sure what the Knights' uh, draft status is for this year, how many picks they have, because I know um, George and Kelly, like, they move a lot of picks, but um, would you think, the, with how good Flowers playing, do you think the Knights would consider trading a guy like Robin Leonard, because uh, I think you would get a lot for him, because I think Carolina needs a number one goalie, I think Edmonton could use a number one goalie, I think he's on a two-year deal at $5 million, which is... 
uh, a smoking good deal, which is crazy good. Um, so could you guys tell me what the Knights draft status is this year, like how many picks they have and what they've traded away and what they haven't? And I'll hang up. Listen, thanks. I will say this. Uh, they're not <laughs> trading Robin Leonard. No. You see, we both paused. Cause five five-year deal, $5 million average annual value, $25 million contract signed in the offseason. I don't think Robin Leonard is on his way out. And it's the luxury that you have of having two number one goaltenders. Right. And that is bearing out here. Uh, the advantage that you have if somebody goes down or somebody uh, isn't uh, in top form is they can pick up the slack. And in this case, it was injury. And Marc-Andre Fleury has, has picked up the slack and then some. He's got the lowest goals against average of anybody that's played more than five games five games or more. He has the exact same save percentage as Andre Vasilevsky of the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. It is an all-world start for Marc-Andre Fleury. And the guy's won a couple of cups. Yeah. He's been around for a while. Yeah. And it's still all-world. Now, to get to John's second question, uh, the Golden Knights have seven picks in the draft, the 2021 entry draft they've got their own first round pick they've got their second round pick and a new jersey second round pick nothing in the third round a fourth round pick a fifth round pick a sixth and a seventh uh on the subject of trading somebody at the deadline though yeah i wouldn't be surprised if the san jose sharks moved devin dubnik he's on an expiring contract and you're telling me that somebody couldn't uh couldn't acquire him and add some depth. Uh, I asked Mike McKenna this uh, just off the air, having a conversation tonight yeah. during our broadcast, and uh, he mentioned somebody like Colorado. Uh, would they add some depth uh, in the goaltending? I know that Dubnik hasn't been uh, up to form, although his numbers aren't terrible uh, compared to his record. They just haven't scored a lot. Yeah. Uh, so he might be a guy that might be on the move. Well, it's, it's interesting because, like, you know, you look at the two games, uh, last night and, and tonight, and Though Devin Dubnik loses tonight four to nothing, I, 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 at various points throughout the game, at least he was giving San mm-hmm. Jose some saves. Like at least he was giving them something. I, it, it's such. But a isn't hard... that funny that, that you say that because he he gave them something and what did he do? He prevented it from being a like an absolute laugher. Yeah, and that that tells you where the San Jose Sharks are right now in their development. Yeah, I mean, like I. If I'm San Jose, I, I'm looking to sell at the deadline, and, and I think that's a, a great observation in terms of Devin Dubnik. There are going to be teams that could utilize him and, and, and really try to solidify their goaltending position. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how San Jose approaches the deadline this season because, once again, they're right back in, in that, that familiar territory that they were last year where they're kind of surprised – by how bad they have been. Yeah, what a quick fall. Yeah. It makes you appreciate uh, how consistent the Golden Knights have been over the course of their three and a half years. But the best news of the night was Pete DeBoer's press conference where he called Mark Stone's uh, departure from the game more precautionary than anything. Yeah. Uh, I know the, the wins are nice, and the six-game winning streak is incredible, and what they've done since Tahoe uh, and the shutout uh, is is great, but, but knowing that after Mark Stone scored uh, and, and is precautionary is huge. Yeah, 100%. 702-876-1340 is the number if you'd like to join us next on the extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas.
Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. 4-0. Golden Knights handle the San Jose Sharks. Sweep the two-game set, the back-to-back. This one wasn't particularly close. As Darren Millard said earlier, it was a controlled effort from the Golden Knights, and it certainly was that. 702-876-1340 is the number. If you'd like to join us on the phone lines, bring the energy. That's all we ask. And Wes <laughs> is up. Bring the energy, Wes. Hey, what's going on, Ryan? What's so I'm, up? I'm curious. With, with the success that the Golden Knights are having, and they're having a great season, um, I kind of wanted to touch on the Silver Knights for a moment and the season that they're happening. And I wanted to know, in, in your point of view, what do you kind of think that means for the future of the Golden Knights and the franchise kind of going forward? Yeah, I mean, obviously with the Henderson Silver Knights having success early on this season, it, it can only be positive for the organization. Like In the American Hockey League, you want players to grow and develop, but you also want them to learn how to win within the organization, how to learn uh, how to win within that structure. And, and we'll bring in Darren Millard here in a second to, to get his viewpoint on it. But, I mean, when you're able to win at every level, it's only good. And, and oftentimes when you see success at the American Hockey League level, it leads to success at the NHL level as well. Henderson won again tonight, four-one yep. against Colorado, ten and one on the season. They, it's the the combined record of the Golden Knights and the Henderson Silver Knights is uh, twenty-six, five and one between the two organizations. <laughs> it's it's absolutely incredible. Logan Thompson uh, picked up the win tonight, uh, his first year in the American Hockey League. He's six and one and is on top of his game. You're getting goals uh, throughout the lineup. Uh, I, I think Ryan Murphy's a great ad. I know he's on an American Hockey League contract, but he's a great ad. But then you add Dylan Secura to the fold, uh, Jack Dugan uh, learning how to be a professional. Uh, and and there's there's a long list of, of players, but Manny Viveros and, and company have something really special happening in their own right right now. And the the valley is is the real benefactor. I can't I can't wait for Orleans to be able to uh, open up and, and and be able to sell uh, a limited capacity number of tickets for people to be able to go in there and, and watch that team because there's some some pretty cool things happening with that club right now and it's mirroring uh, the the Golden Knights. Like who, who's the who's the hotter team right now? The one team's <laughs> won six in a row and the other team's ten ten and one. So it it kind of like sticking on the AHL. Uh, thought Alex Tuck 12 goals this season he's got eight in his last seven games and that is a player that grew and developed at the AHL level and he's come in and this season taken a step and despite you know kind of playing on different lines I, I mean Alex Tuck over the course of these two games scored a goal on the top line he scored a goal on the third line. He scored a goal on the fourth line. The only line he didn't score a goal on is the second line because that line is just so good together. Uh, just a note on the second line, too. William Carlson was 10-2 and two in the faceoff dot tonight. He's been and, good. And they, uh, they chipped in the goal with Riley Smith, who's, uh, who's cranking it up. 
You're right about uh, about learning your craft and, and being a professional at the American Hockey League level. And it still took Alex Tuck, after a, a promising first full year in the National Hockey League, that time to get healthy and and uh, learn how to uh, manage his his skills, his body, and and I think that's uh, both mentally and, and physically. And I, I I didn't see this coming, quite honestly. We yeah. all knew that he was the X factor in the bubble, and I I will say the confidence that Pete DeBoer showed in him last summer was was on the mental side of the game a huge boost to Alex Tuck. And when he got that confidence in his head, it's it's like the physical part of it has just been unleashed and it's allowed it to, to run free. What he's doing right now is staggering. And I can't believe he didn't score a hat trick tonight. Uh, because once <laughs> he got for the lack two of trying. Yeah, once he got the two he was even more dominant uh, going forward, and he and he was thinking about it because I talked to him after uh, the period, and and he was still after the second period. He was he was very focused on knowing that he uh, he was looking for that first career hat trick. Uh, it's he is on a different level right now than we've seen him at any point in his National Hockey League career. Yeah, and it's great to see because we we see Alex day in and day out working hard working on his craft, trying to get better, and it's nice to see this stretch of games for Alex Tuck go the way that it has. We're back to wrap it up next on the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Golden Knights defeat San Jose 4-0. Marc-Andre Fleury, his fourth shutout of the year. 65th of his career. One behind Patrick Waugh. Not bad. Something to him. What's... I didn't. I didn't catch what you said. You, well, you I just cut out. D- don't think that doesn't mean something to Mark Andre Fleury. I, it has to to be knocking on the door of uh, of passing a, a legend, uh, a Montreal legend like like Patrick Waugh from uh, Mark's hometown. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know, it, I'm not gonna say that it's imminent, but who knows when? It, yeah, I know, right? Like when it happens, it's gonna be pretty special, and it's gonna happen in a Golden Knights uniform. Um, because Marc-Andre Fleury's just been next level. Uh, Darren, uh, before we get to kind of our, our final thoughts on this game, uh, did you know that the New York Islanders wore their reverse retros today? No, they looked the same. No, no, they didn't. I could tell. Really? Yeah, that's how much of a hockey guy I am. Wow, that's, uh, that's dialed in. Yeah. I, I was too busy watching Matthew Barzell throw the puck through his stick and the skates and, and up uh, up in the top corner. They're 5-0 and <laughs> against the Buffalo Sabres. Buffalo yeah, doesn't well, even have a loser point in that. They've yeah. lost all 10 points. That might be the first 8-0 and run that we've seen. You're, you're asking too much of the Buffalo Sabres. I, it's... I didn't think it could get worse. It's somebody posted the uh, the other day their record the last few years, like three years ago and four yeah. years ago, yeah. and then their record this year and how it's very similar. And said, but at least back then they were trying to lose. 
It's uh, <laughs> it's disappointing. And the Islanders are back in it, man. They they were scuffling for a little bit, and now they're they're looking like they they're going to take control of that division. All right, I never slept on the Islanders. Uh, last closing thought, quickly, Darren Millard on this game in the Golden Knights. Mark Stone. Yeah. When we next chat, which will be Monday. Yeah. Uh, ahead of the Minnesota Wild and the Vegas Golden Knights starting a two-game series in St. Paul, we will be talking about Mark Stone coming off a 10-point week in which Mark Stone is named the first star of the Whoa. National Hockey League. Look that, at you. That is what I'm left with after these four games in, uh, in seven days uh, for the, the Golden Knights. Four wins and Mark Stone. Uh, took control uh, of this team in uh, a matter that uh, we we become used to him doing, but elevated the offensive side of it. That is Darren Millard. It's a it's a kind of a hot take. I, I think it'll be interesting, and uh, we'll see if you're right. Because if if you are, it's going to be a long week for me. <laughs> That's going to wrap it up for us here on the extended post game show. The Golden Knights take on the Minnesota Wild on Monday. Puck drop at 5 p.m. pregame show right here at 4 p.m. Thanks to Jeff Rubino. He knows how to turn knobs and he does it professionally. And Bobby Machado back in the studio. Thanks to Bobby for keeping us on the air. Thanks to you for listening. And we will talk to you on Monday right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM at 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.